Well, the most important sales skill, quite honestly, is the close, right? Because nothing happens in any business until the sale is closed, right? You guys, I was in sales for 22 years and we used to joke, the only reason that the lights are on in this corporation is because we close sales. Hey, babe, welcome to the Sales and Social Podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just want to sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian. I'm your sales queen and your soon-to-be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space, where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode. We're live. Put my big water jug down. Yep. <laughs> What's up? Hey. Hey, good to see everyone. Jill, how's Arizona? Oh my gosh. Can I just tell you that I'm probably going to move here? Like I am obsessed with it. And even my clients this week and last week, my clients were like, you just seem calmer. And I'm not going to lie. I actually am a lot calmer here. I feel like I'm calmer. I feel like I'm a little nicer here. I feel like I'm not <laughs> triggered here. Like when I get upset, I'm like, I'm just going to go for a walk outside. Like it's just a lot nicer here. I do have to go home in two weeks and like get some stuff, but I'm definitely thinking about coming back. Um, as you know, our mastermind is actually back here in September. So I might be living back here by September. I'm not really sure. Wow. That's a big life decision. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really, really liking it. I'm really happy here. That's good though. That is good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was 107 degrees here yesterday, but uh, yeah, Joanne's like, I knew you were going to make it permanently. <laughs> guys. Joanne, come on and visit me when I come back. And it's funny because I've already bought tickets to things like back here, like something in August, something in September. So I'm like, yeah, I think I'm just going to be back here. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So shall we kick this off? I mean, I'm here for it. And as everybody knows, if they're new in the Sales Queen Collective, can you tell them how Q&A works and how they can also put questions in the chat? Absolutely. We got so, a lot of new people this week. Do we celebrate <laughs> some new people? We do. Welcome to all of our new members. It's so exciting. So every month we do a live Q&A just like this. Jill and I come into the Facebook group. I read off your questions. She answers them. It's like getting one-on-one -on -one hot seat coaching from her. It's amazing. You will get emails. Make sure you are subscribed to the email list so that you get those emails with the link to the form to submit your questions. And then as always, when we're on the chat, if there's space, drop your questions in the chat and we'll get to them. Yes. Also, you guys, if you have ever been like mad at me or unsubscribed from my email list or didn't like an email, you will not be getting my emails for the Sales Queen Collective. So you have to go back and resubscribe to my email list. Correct, Court? Yep. 
100%. Yep. And I know for sure there are a couple of you that I probably need to email because as I put you into the Sales Queen Collective segment, it was like this person unsubscribed. Yes. <laughs> and that's okay. fine. No, no shame in the game. I unsubscribe from stuff all the time. I actually had this happen this week, you guys. A very good friend of mine. I was like, hey, I didn't get your email. He's like, well, Jackass, you unsubscribed like six months ago. I was like, ooh, that's, <laughs> that's embarrassing. So you guys, we get it. Everyone unsubscribes. So just make sure you get back on the list so that you get everything. Yes. Okay. So we're going to kick off the call today with Noelle. Noelle. Um, she says, I'm so curious. I see you in Arizona doing big things. I love seeing you out in the community. I also love that the community that is being built in that area, especially with women in business. She's starting a new network chapter in her area and would like to know what your thoughts are around building amazing in-person networking events. Yes, I love this question, Noelle, and I'm so excited for what you are building. So there is such a need for in-person events. And one of the things that I've actually learned, even from my mentor, Chris Harder, some of you guys know he is my mentor for the next 12 months and probably beyond, is people are craving in-person things. People are craving connections in person. And one of the things that he has really even talked to us about so much this year is really going to where your community is so that your community doesn't have to travel and making it hard, right? So I'm going to give you a really good example. I have a lot of community here in Arizona. So for me to host an event in Detroit, that doesn't necessarily make sense because what I'm actually doing is I'm putting a lot of barriers in place. People have to get on a plane. People have to travel. There's an added expense. They have to leave their families. So what am I going to start doing is I'm actually going to start most likely maybe 2024 or beyond is looking at where my community is at and actually going to them. So maybe it's a pop-up day in Scottsdale. Maybe it's a pop-up day in California. Maybe it's a pop-up day in Atlanta. Maybe it's a pop-up day in Toronto. Looking at where your audience is at and doing it. That's number one. The second thing is people think that they have to be these really large events. And actually, large events are very low profit. Uh, I've learned this from Lindsay Schwartz. I've learned this from Lori Harder. I've learned it from a lot of people who host really large events. Really large events are not profit makers. What they do is they put you on the map for learning how to how to get your name out there. But if you're looking for profitability, you actually want to do smaller events, things that are like 20 and 30 people, right? So I'm just going to use my mentor for an example, Chris Harder. He's doing these 20 person roundtable events and it's very low cost because he's renting out a hotel room, like a hotel event, right? Like a meeting room, right? Versus like a large room where you have to bring in all sorts of things and the profit margin is so much higher because you can charge not, you don't have to charge as much and you're getting less people in. And also people like smaller events because they can connect more and they're in more in like close proximity to each other. So that's something that people really like as well. And then the third thing is really selling people into the next event when they are at that one. So that's also something that's really, really key for that. So things like VIP days, things like pop-up events, things like roundtables. I have a girl that I know really well. She's in the elite level mastermind that I'm in. And she does these roundtable business events. She does them in Kentucky. You guys, she's at $3.5 million right now. And she's hosting these roundtable events in Kentucky 
And what she actually did was she took her 12-month mastermind and she condensed it in a two-day event. So now, instead of paying $8,000 for her mastermind for a year, she's actually doing it in a two-day event. So think about this. Now, she can actually do these every other month. Instead of doing four calls a month, she's actually able to do it every other month and pack in 20 people every other month at eight grand a pop versus eight grand for the year where she's having to do four calls a month. So you can limit your time and you can bring in so many more people. So that's just like high level of what I would suggest uh, for those things. So I would look at like where your audience is at and go to them. The other thing that one of my former mentors did is she hosted events and the event was actually low ticket. So it was like a $99 event or it was a $199 event for the VIP. And then she sold VIP days the next day to work with her. So for an example, you went to her event, let's say the event was on a Sunday, right? So you went to her event on a Sunday for $99 for general admission or $199 for VIP. Then she sold the next three days as VIP days. So you could get three hour blocks with her. So let's just say, I'll just use me for an example. I host a sales event on a Sunday and it's $199 for 50 people to come. Then if you want to actually implement and integrate, you can buy like three hours of my time at like $2,500. So you're actually making your money on the back end of your event versus on just the event idea. So that's actually where my former mentor, Raquel, really makes her money off of her event. She doesn't make it on the event. She makes it on the VIP days at the end. That's brilliant. Like I can see that. Yeah. Like as like not even a, a coach, right? I can yeah. see that in all different realms. So that's really smart. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have another client recently who was doing a 12 month CFO package and she now does a CFO day. So she took what she was actually, and I know this isn't like an event, but I mean, we can, we can literally take it for anything, right? So she was working with someone for a whole year on her CFO package, and now it's a CFO day. So why is this good for both of you? It's actually good for both of you because now your client is getting a quick fix, right? And you are actually now serving at a lower capacity because you can get someone in so much quicker, and now you don't have to work with someone for a year, Mm-hmm. So even thinking about like my mastermind, right? Sales and social or sales society, that's a 12 month program. And I'm serving, let's just use sales and social for an example. I serve sales and social four times a month. So four times a month for 12 months versus what if I did a sales and social mastermind weekend and I flew everybody to Scottsdale and I was like, I'm going to bring sales and social for the weekend. And you're going to learn every single thing in a weekend for five grand. You're going to walk out of here and learn everything in a weekend. And I did that five times a year. Like it's just a totally different way to do it. People don't have to wait a whole year to learn everything. They don't have to say, okay, well, I'm going to learn marketing in August. They're literally learning it in one whole weekend. Just a different way to think about it. The market, people want quicker results. Right. And you're not having, you're not having to like, reinvent the will, right? Like you're just using what you already have in place. Yep. Yep. So it's just a different way to do it. The difference is you just have to find, it's a different buyer, right? Because not everybody's going to want to invest $5,000 for two days. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you're still investing $5,000, but yeah, you're literally collapsing time. Mm-hmm. I even like my one-on-one clients say this, they're like, you can collapse so much more time by doing it quicker. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just a way of doing it. Okay. I love that. Um, next question is from Amy looking, Amy! Back, <laughs> looking back at your entrepreneurial journey. If you could do one thing different in growing your business, what would you change and why? Ooh, that is such a good question. If I could do one thing different, what would I do and why? I would say one thing that I would do differently is I would actually be more of a planner. So um, I have been very successful in my business. For those of you guys that, you know, don't really know my numbers, I'll share it with you. You know, I hit six figures in six months. I hit, you know, 500K in 18 months. And, you know, I've done very well in my business, but I have not planned anything. I don't plan anything. I shoot from the hip. I don't really have a content schedule. I don't really have a launch schedule. Um, I come up with really great ideas and I execute. Um, And I have always said that my business could be even better and even more robust and even better as a leader. Uh, You know, Courtney's on my team. I have several other team members. It could even be better and ran better if I was more of a planner. So I think if I could have done anything differently, I just would have had it more streamlined, more planned. And we're actually working on some of those things in our business, more systems, more planning. Um, That would probably be the biggest thing that I would do because even my mentor, Chris, always says you have so much low hanging fruit in your business. And if you actually just followed a plan and you actually just had some structure, you could probably 10 extra business. And I don't really have a plan a lot of times. You guys, I'm very fortunate in the way that my business runs. I'm very fortunate in the community that I have. I'm very fortunate in the, in the audience that I have. I'm very fortunate in the buyers that I have. And I always say that if I actually planned a little bit better, it could actually be even better. So yeah, I would say in true vulnerability, that's probably what I would have done differently. I mean, my heart's swelling right now. I could cry listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, I think I think this takes a lot of honesty too, because even as a leader, As a business owner, I know that a lot of the mishaps I've had in my business, you know, you guys, I've had VAs leave, I've had OBMs leave, I've had video editors leave, Um, I've had a lot of, you know, I've had people leave and part of the problem is, is because I don't always plan. I come up with really great ideas and on the fly and all of those things and it's not always a great thing as a leader to not always have a plan, so Um, yeah, I mean, even this week, you guys, I'll give you, I'll give you a great example. I threw a huge thing at Courtney this week. Courtney's my assistant. Courtney's my OBM. And I threw a massive project at her this week. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to launch this. I made the pool in Arizona and I just do things on the fly. And you guys, they're very successful and they usually are rocket ships, but that's not always a great trait to have as a business owner and a leader. So yeah, great, great question, Amy. Amazing answer, Jill. So Courtney, we're going to have a great planning session this afternoon because Courtney and I actually have a call after this. So Courtney's probably like, thank you, Amy, for answering this question. (laughs) Thank you. Courtney, you set Amy up on this. Was this actually a real question? (laughs) (laughs) It actually these questions. So I believe this was actually a real question. 
It was not, it was not planned, but it worked out great. <laughs> and now we have this on recording. Man. <laughs> um, next call is from Christine Santos. What's up, Christine? I miss you in the mastermind, but I'm glad you're here. She says, do you have an innovative way to spend time in my own business? I get so excited for my clients' businesses that mine falls behind. Oh yeah. This is such a great question. So you guys, anyone who is a service provider, this happens all of the time, right? So what I mean is like, if you are a VA, if you are a podcast editor, if you are a video editor, if you are, um, you know, an OBM, you want to serve your clients so much that your business actually falls off, right? Because you're like, oh, I want to edit their stuff. I want to be in their business. I want to be doing all of these things. You have to put your business first because at the end of the day, you cannot rely on those clients to be there forever. Anything could happen, right? And I'm going to use Courtney as an example. So Courtney is an OBM, right? She's an online business manager. If she is not taking care of her own business, her own content, her own lead gen, her own networking, her own offers, her own selling. And then today I decide I don't need an OBM. That's a four figure income that goes away. And then her other client decides I'm going to put you on hold. That goes away. Do you know what happens? She has not done the work to support that business. So you have got to absolutely be doing the two most important things in your business every day. And that is lead generating and generating referrals, introductions, and selling. Because if your clients ever go away, and let me tell you, they will, you have to be doing your own business at all times. So giving yourself that time needs to come first. Whether that is an hour a day, and I know we have another question I think coming up about like if you only had an hour a day in your business, what would that look like? So we can talk about that on the second question, but it's so important, right? Your business needs to come first, just like your own mental health needs to come first and your own self-care needs to come first. All of that stuff needs to come first. And honestly, I would actually love Courtney to answer this from someone who is a service provider. Oh, just going to put me on the spot. I mean, just a little bit. I mean, how do you mean Courtney? Because I know like Courtney is 100% booked out on clients Mm -hmm. and Courtney has a lot of very demanding clients. So how do you handle putting your business first and your family first when you have very demanding clients? Okay. So I guess this is just going to be a call of vulnerability here. Mm -hmm. Um, Recently, very recently, I realized that all I was doing was sitting at my office, staring at my computer. Um, That realization came from outsiders, as in my kids, my husband. Um, And because I have a workaholic nature. I, I enjoy what I do. I love my clients. So I could sit here and do it all day, every day. Right. So what this looks like for me is reinventing the wheel. So I went back to the very basics of let's pretend I don't have any clients for a minute. Okay. What day of the week do I want to work on my business? What day of the week fits into my lifestyle where I can work on my business? So what I've done is I have restructured my clients Everybody is getting 
days of the week that I will be focused solely on their business. They're getting certain amount of calls every month, certain amount of calls bi-weekly, whatever that looks like. But it's really like using your time blocking capabilities and being flexible with it, right? Because there's going to be days when your schedule doesn't work perfectly, right? So it's being flexible and moving people around. And so for me, Fridays are always my lighter work days anyway, because all of my clients are kind of wrapping up their work weeks, right? So for me, it naturally makes sense for me to use that as my catch-up day, but my CEO day, right? Where I am focusing on Courtney and my business. So that would be my advice. Yeah. And I think it's, I love that Courtney and thank you for being so real and transparent you guys. And anybody who's ever coached with me, you guys know, I will literally pull back the curtains and share like anything business, personal, like I will literally share anything. And Courtney does the same thing. That's why we work so well together. And it's really important that, you know, you block off that time for you and also letting your clients know, because on the flip side of this, while Courtney is really talking about, you know, it from like a self-care issue and like, you know, a family issue, I'm going to now talk about it from a business standpoint. So while that's really important that she's now taking care of it from like her family and self-care and mental health and all of that, you also need to make sure that you are still doing, again, like we talked about lead gen, networking, getting yourself out there. Because again, if I was to go away tomorrow and I'm not, or another high ticket client of Courtney's was to go away tomorrow, what Courtney always wants, or Christine always wants, or Crystal always wants, anyone that's a service provider, anyone like that, is to know, okay, Jillian's going away tomorrow. I know that I have four other people right here that I can grab and be like, hey, I know you and I have talked about OBM services, and that's okay because this is this is right here. I'll give you a great example of this, you guys. I have one-on-one clients that end their contracts. And if I was not working on content and I was not networking and I was not lead generating, every single time a one-on-one client left me, I would have a dip in my income. My income doesn't dip because I always know that I have people in the pipeline. I have people that I can go back to and be like, hey, Noelle, I just had a spot that opened for one-on-one coaching. I know you've been asking me about it. Are you interested in taking that spot right now? Hey, Cynthia, I know you and I have been talking about one-on-one coaching. I don't know if one right now is the right time, but I just had a spot that opened because I always have leads and it's okay to call people leads. You guys, you are business owners, you're in sales. You always need to have leads coming in. But if you're always just focused on the people in front of you, you're not building people in your pipeline and building people in your pipeline is so important as you're running a sales system, you're running a sales business. So that is so important. Uh, Cynthia says, what about weekends? Um, I don't work on the weekends and um, ever. Um, (laughs) I mean, me personally, I don't work on the weekends. Um, You guys, my business schedule is I don't usually work on Mondays. I don't normally work on Fridays and I coach on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, that's what I do. And I've built a business like that, um, that works really, really well. Um, I also don't work in the mornings. I do here in Arizona cause I haven't flipped my schedule. Um, so it's actually been <laughs> kind of interesting. I'm working at like seven in the morning here, which is like nuts. Um, but I've built my schedule around what is good for me. Right. So another good example of this, Christine, cause I know Christine very well. She's been in my mastermind. She's been a one-on-one client. I don't, allow my clients to dictate my schedule. So for an example, if somebody messaged me today and said, 
hey, can you see me on a Monday at eight o'clock in the morning? I don't see people on Mondays at eight o'clock in the morning. So no, I say no to that, right? If I don't see people ever on a Wednesday, I don't adjust my schedule to that. I put in my boulders, which my boulders are my boulders and nothing gets around that. So like when I'm at home in Michigan, I coach from 12 to four, which means I don't see clients before 12 p.m. And I don't see clients after 4 p.m. Because in the morning, I like to sleep in, I like to work out, and I like to just relax in the morning. And then I'm a powerhouse from 12 to 4. And then after 4 o'clock, I like to spend time with Jason. And I actually like to work in the evenings, like on my own business. That's when I create content. That's when I record podcasts, like solo podcasts. That's actually when a lot of times I'll have like team meetings or I like do things. So I don't allow those times, right? So what are your boulders in your life? And then put those things around them. Don't allow your clients to dictate your schedule ever. Yeah. That's that my two I, cents on that. I agree with that. And then to kind of just like follow up on this, Christine, a little bit in terms of like an innovative way to spend time in your business. You mentioned like renting an office space or something like that. I, Jill may have her own intake on this, but I always like to, where do you feel the most creative, right? Like that is a, that is what I would say. Where are you feeling the most creative and what inspires you when it comes to your business? Do that when it's time to work on your business. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to piggyback on this too. I know we have a little bit of time. So there's also, you guys know, I'm not like a huge energetics woo woo type of person, but there's also a big difference between working in masculine energy and working in feminine energy. Okay. So a lot of people are not breaking their day up between masculine and feminine tasks. So masculine tasks are like coaching, doing things like taking things off your to-do list, team meetings, things that have to, you know, require like you being in action. So a lot of people are not booking their days between like masculine and feminine tasks, right? So right now I'm in very much like masculine energy. I'm coaching. I'm in, I'm in masculine energy. If I was to flip right now and try to go write an email or try to go create a piece of content, I would, it would not happen because I'm not in like that type of energy, right? That's why I create my content at night. So when I'm doing like creative work, I will literally put on like calming music. I'll light a candle. I'll sit at a different point in my uh, apartment or my condo, right? When I had a condo, I'm kind of homeless right now. But like in my condo, I would like leave my desk and I would go sit like on my couch and I would put myself in a different type of energy. I would go to the park. I would go lay on my hammock and I would do things in different energy, right? I don't coach on my hammock. I don't coach at the park because I'm in a different type of energy. So I think it's also important that you structure your days and you'll also be more productive in that, right? I I coach in blocks so that I'm in that type of energy. I do creative work in that type of energy. I book all my podcasts back to back. I can't flip between like, oh, I'm gonna write an email or I'm gonna coach, or I'm gonna create a piece of content or now I'm gonna go for a walk because my day would not be productive. Oh, that's so good. So good. Okay. So next question comes from Lindsay Smith. Lindsay, Um, one of my one-on-one clients. I love you. (laughs) It kind of um, relates to what 
or an earlier question was uh, Amy's question. So she did ask if you had to start all over again, what would you do differently? Yeah. So I yeah. So, I mean, I think, I mean, that's a little bit of the same. So I'm actually going to talk about something that I am actually going through right now. And maybe this will be a little bit like, it's not what I would do differently, like in my earlier business, but I would, I would actually do differently now. So I am actually in a mastermind right now. A lot of you guys know I'm in Chris Harder's Elite Level Mastermind. And one of the things that I am actually really, really struggling with, I'll be very honest, is everybody is very far ahead of me, like very, very, very far ahead of me. And I think that this might be resonating with some of the people that are even on this call or maybe some of the people that are, you know, either in my own mastermind or something like that. And I think it's very easy to compare yourself to people that are so much farther ahead of you or doing things so much differently or are playing so much bigger or are making so much bigger investments or all of those things. And we almost think that we can't relate to these people or we can't be in relationships with them. Or we don't have anything to give or like, what am I going to talk to these people about? Right. So when I actually went to my mastermind in Arizona, I was like, I'm not going to go back. I have literally nothing to talk to these people about. I like can't really give value. And I actually came back with a very different perspective. And it was like, you know, I have so much value to give, whether it was like my life experiences, whether it was like my 22 years of sales experiences. And it was like, you know, I can't just look at these people as like so much farther ahead it was like, how can I look at these people and learn from every single person? So I think what I'm, what really changed for me and what I'm doing differently in this mastermind, particularly and how I think this can relate to some of you guys, even in this community of the Sales Queen Collective, or even inside of my own mastermind is what can you learn from everybody in there? Like, what can you learn, right? So instead of me sitting next to Melissa Hanault, who's already made $3.7 million this year, and we're in June, Instead of me sitting next to her and being like, I literally have nothing to give her. I literally now sit next to her and I say to myself, what can I learn from her? What can I like ask her? What can I ask her about business or life or relationships or all of those things? So I'm coming at it from a very different thing. Instead of feeling like a small fish, which I am, and starting and really asking myself, like, what can I like take from each and every person, right? So, you know, there's 37 people in the mastermind and I've actually had connection calls with 31 of them. And it's literally just to like, say like, how did you get to where you're at today? What was your biggest lesson? What would you have done different? And I'm telling you, they have poured in so much to me in the last four months. One of them spoke inside of my mastermind yesterday. Two of them have been on my podcast. Four of them are speaking at my event and they are such givers so instead of me putting up this wall and being like, oh my God, I have nothing to give to these people. I'm actually getting so much from them. That's good. We have another question from Lindsay and she says, if you could offer business owners only one sales tip, what would it be? <laughs> to learn sales. I mean, ah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, if I think if I could honestly give business owners one sales tip, what would it be? Um, so I actually have an interesting story. So last week on our networking call, which was inside of our coffee chat, which is at 10 a.m. EST time. If you guys are not on that call, literally, you guys put this in your calendar. I host this free call every single Wednesday. It's a networking call. Come collaborate and connect. 
And I want to actually share with you guys something that happened on that call two weeks ago. I asked every single person on that call if they thought sales was the most important thing in their business. And everybody was like, yeah, duh, of course, you don't have a business without it, right? Like everybody was like, yes. Okay, thank you. Cynthia said amazing call. So then I asked every single person, I think there was like 30 people on that call. Then after that, I asked everybody who was actually following a sales process. And I think there was like five people and shout out, they were my clients who were like, yes, I'm following a sales process. And it really blew my mind. And I got very vocal on this call. It really blew my mind that everybody wants sales in their business. Everybody wants profit in their business. Everybody wants four-figure months, five-figure months, six-figure years, bazillion-dollar years, right? Whatever it is. But honestly, nobody is learning sales. Nobody is taking the time to learn sales. You guys are, and when I say you guys, it doesn't mean you guys watching this live right now. It's literally, I'm speaking to the entire internet right now. You're taking time to learn all of the things that quite frankly, don't freaking matter. They don't matter in business, right? I never went into a boardroom and learned a lot of the skill sets that you guys are investing in right now. I realize there's an important time to learn, you know, and I'm not going to say a lot of these skill sets because I know there's people in here that teach them, but there's a lot of skill sets that you guys are investing in. There's a lot of programs that you guys are investing in. There's a lot of things that you guys are investing in that quite honestly is not going to move the needle in your business. You need to learn how to sell your offers. You need to learn how to articulate the value of your offers. You need to learn how to close sales. You need to learn how to price your offers. You need to learn how to stand out in a market that has a million people doing what you're doing. So quite honestly, there's not just one thing about sales that you need to learn. Sales is a complex tool, right? There's a reason why my clients don't work with me for one session. There's a reason why my one-on-one clients don't work with me for a week. There's a reason why my masterminds are not four weeks long. Sales is a complex beast. There is sales psychology. There is sales mindset. There is the sales process. There is networking. There is lead gen. There is follow-up. Sales is a complex beast, right? It took me 22 years of sales, right? I have 22 years of experience and I can't break that down to just like an hour with somebody, right? So it's so important that you learn how to do it. So if you're not making the money that you want right now in your business, it's really important that you ask yourself, are you selling your offers? Are your offers selling? Are you being able to stand out in the market? Are you being able to articulate your offers? Is your content converting? Do you have leads coming into your business? Do you know how to follow up? Do you know how, like all of those things, right? I think that is so key. So is there one important sales skill? Well, the most important sales skill, quite honestly, is the close, right? Because nothing happens in any business until the sale is closed, right? You guys, I was in sales for 22 years and we used to joke, the only reason that the lights are on in this corporation is because we close sales. Because- Trucks don't deliver products until we close the sales. Uh, Invoices don't get sent until we close the sales. 
Um, customer service doesn't send the orders until we close the sales. So in any organization, the most important part of sales is the close. So regardless of where you're at in sales, you got to make sure you're closing sales because sales is what's driving revenue. Sales is what's driving profits. So I know it was a very long-winded answer. So if there's any sales skill you need to know how to do, it's closing sales because that's what's bringing in money. We used to say and we used to say in corporate, you're not doing anything until the invoice is paid. Right? So asking yourself right now, how many invoices a week are being paid in your business? How many stripe links are being sent? How many sales are being closed? Because that is what is generating the income in your business. That's good. Um, okay, so next question comes from Brooke. Brooke! She says, when you very first got started in the online space after leaving corporate, how did you book your first coaching clients? Oh, I remember her too. Her name was Pam. So interestingly enough, we actually met in a coffee chat. We met in a networking call. Stacy Filipkowski, who is inside the Sales Queen Collective, she actually had a networking call and I actually went to it and we were actually in there. And she was actually, she was a business owner and she was actually in Canada. This is actually where my Canada client started with. I actually forgot that. We were in this coffee chat and she actually asked me what I did. And I told her that I was starting out my business and I was helping people with sales. And she was actually a network marketer. She was actually with Isogenics and she was really struggling to get her Isogenics business up and running. And she was asking me if she could work with me for a month. And back then I was like, sure, you could work with me for a month. And she was like, what would it cost me to work with you for a month? And you guys, I'm actually kind of embarrassed to say this. I was like $200 to work with me for a month. And she was like, sold. And I'll never forget, I was so excited to send my first invoice. It was like 001. It was $200 to work with me for a month. And we did it one month together. Um, and I helped her. We actually... Um, we grew her little isogenics business together. And then I actually went on to speak inside of her network marketing business uh, for quite a while. I became like a little speaker inside of her program uh, and her. She is actually still in the Facebook community. Uh, she actually does not do isogenics anymore. She actually is like a life coach now, which is pretty interesting. Um, I think she did isogenics for like another like six months or something from there. And then she actually did life coaching. But yeah, she was actually my first client. She was $200 a month um, from there. But then I will tell you what really happened for me was I started my Facebook group. And then I started doing videos. I did videos every single day. If you guys actually go back to the beginning, you will see I was much thinner. I had bright blonde hair and I did videos almost every single day in my Facebook group. Then the way that I actually launched was I started doing polls inside of the Facebook group. And I would ask who in here would be interested in a six week group coaching program to learn sales. And then I would say, who in here would be interested in learning sales for the next six weeks together? And I started doing polls and then I actually created a wait list. And back then I had a whiteboard on my office wall and I actually had like 40 people that said that they would be interested. And I was like, this is kind of crazy. Like there's people who actually like want to work with me. You guys, I didn't even know like what entrepreneurship was. And I honestly didn't even know like what coaching was. I was like, this is like crazy. Okay. So I actually created a program called Real Girl, Real Sales, and it was an eight-week group coaching program, and it was $1,200 to work with me for eight weeks. 
And I launched my very first program and there was 42 people on the wait list and 36 people joined it. And funny enough, so many of those people are still in my world. Some of them are in sales and social. A few of them are actually in sales society. A couple of them are still one-on-one coaching clients. One of them actually is my CFO. Uh, so crazy to think that like 26 months later, those people are actually still in my world and still working with me. And some of them have had, you know, six-figure businesses, multi-six-figure businesses, have left their corporate jobs. One of them's moved to Mexico. One of them's retired her husband. Like they are some of my best success stories. Um, and that was, I mean, I think we had like a $38,000 launch, a $40,000 launch. And I remember um, I was like, okay, I this is like a real thing. People actually like buy coaching. Um, and I ran that program for six rounds. And then from there, I started a mastermind. Then from there, I went into one-on-one coaching. And I will say, uh, when I first started one-on-one coaching, it was $500 a month to work with me. Then it went to $750 a month to work with me. Then I was so nervous to move to $1,200 a month to work with me. Um, and then for those of you guys that work with me now, one-on-one coaching, um, you guys know it's well over $3,000 a month. So I will also say, you guys can see how that has progressed, right? I didn't come out of the gates being a $3,000 a month coach to work with. I mean, I was $200 a month when I first started, but through testimonials and through work and through thousands of people that I have coached and through a wait list and all of those things, my rates have gone up. So, you know, you have to do the work. I always say, it's like, I didn't just come out being a high ticket coach. My programs were very low ticket when I started. So um, yeah, it's kind of a fun story when you look, when I look back and think about it. And it's so fun um, to see like those people still in my world. How long did it take you to write and organize the uh, format of the eight week live? Um, Interestingly enough, I built the program as I created it. So um, I decided, again, I'm not a planner. I decided that I was going to put together an eight-week group coaching program, and I was going to see what they needed as they went. So I only had the first two weeks done. And the first two weeks was actually intros and really getting to know them in their business. So I had the first week done, and the second week was really the mindset of sales. And then after I did the mindset of sales, I knew where I needed to take it. So every single week I built upon it. So what I did was that first group coaching program, really, they went through it and I built it from there. Um, Also, something you guys may or may not know about me is I've never recorded a group coaching program. So I don't have any programs in anything that's pre-recorded. I don't have anything in modules. I don't have anything on Kajabi. I don't have anything that people can just buy evergreen. Everything that I teach is live. Um, I think that there's a different energy about that. I think it's um, much more beneficial when I can serve the people that are on the call. So even like my sales and social mastermind, nothing is pre-recorded. You don't come in and watch video trainings. You don't come in and watch modules. I'm literally coaching you in real time. So like when I teach content, I'm literally teaching it in real time and I'm teaching it based on who's in the room um, in that certain round. So um, yeah, I don't pre-do, I don't pre-do anything. Also, most people that do pre-recorded content, people don't finish it. So they don't get results. Part of the reason why people get such phenomenal results with me is because I'm doing it with them in real time. And when people do things in real time, they're much more accountable and they get much more results.
That's good. Okay, we have two more questions in 10 minutes. Amazing. Um, the first question is, if you had one hour a day for your business, what would you do? Oh, this is amazing. So um, I just taught this actually in my mastermind, Sales and Social. We talked about the um, the power hour. So inside of my sales and social mastermind, I actually have a co-coach that comes in. Her name is Amanda Walker. If you guys don't know Amanda Walker, you guys should be following her. We also have a podcast episode with her. She has built a multi seven figure um, fitness and coaching business. And we actually taught on this together last week. And what it was, was if you only had an hour a day in your business, what should you be doing? And the way that we actually taught this was what is the number one thing right now that you want to be focused on in your business. And you should know this like this. You should know what the number one focus is in your business. Is it visibility? Is it lead gen? Is it client growth? Is it client acquisition? Is it growing your podcast? Like what is your number one growth thing right now in your business? And it's going to change, right? So like right now, my number one focus is visibility, right? And it's going to change in different seasons. Sometimes it's going to be income. Sometimes it's going to be visibility. Sometimes it's going to be networking, right? But what is your number one thing that you are looking for at all times? Then you're going to break it up into what that looks like. So let's just say yours is visibility. Okay, so if you had one hour a day, how would you get more visible? I would probably take 20 minutes and I would create really powerful content. Well, content is not just Instagram content. This is visible to your email list. This is visible maybe to your YouTube channel. This is visible maybe to a blog. This is visible maybe to another platform like TikTok or Pinterest or YouTube or LinkedIn, right? Where else can you be visible other than just the current platform that you are? So I would do that for 20 minutes a day. Also content on the platforms that you're already on. The second one would be pitching yourself to other podcasts for 20 minutes a day. So going through, even like in the Sales Queen Collective and pitching yourself to podcasts, pitching yourself into other Facebook groups like Guestio or Need a Guest, Be a Guest, connecting to other people on Instagram that have podcasts. How can you collaborate? How can you swap, right? That would be your next 20 minutes. And then the other 20 minutes, I would probably put myself in networking rooms. I would find other networking rooms. I would ask myself, like, who has networking rooms, right? And I would do this every single day. This would be how I would grow my visibility every single day. Now, what you can see about this was if I did this every single day, five days a week, I would have massive visibility because then I would be putting out massive content for brand awareness and visibility. I would be getting on tons of podcasts for massive visibility, right? And then I would be getting into new rooms for massive visibility. So this is literally exactly what I did when I came to the online space. Visibility and brand awareness were my biggest things. So I literally did content, podcasting swaps in uh, pitching, not swaps, I didn't have a podcast then, podcasting pitching, IG live pitching, and then networking. So that's what I would do. I would literally look at that. And then for me, that was how Amanda pitched it. And then for me, the four things that I focus on every day in my business is community. 
So how am I showing up in communities that I am not already in? How am I showing up in building community? Number two is how am I gaining clients or looking for clients or connecting to clients? And how am I serving the clients that I already have? Number two. Number three is content. Where am I putting out content? What is my content looking like? All of the things content. And then number four for me is cash. What are my offers looking like? How am I generating cash in my business? So that's how Amanda pitched her power hour. And then my power hour are those four things. The last thing I will say is you can get so much done in an hour. I say this all the time to my entrepreneurs. I don't work very hard. And I say this humbly, you guys. I don't work very hard, but I work very intentional, very intentional. Okay. I can pitch 20 podcasts in an hour. That's massive work. I can create 20 pieces of content in two hours. That's massive content. I can go in and I can connect to 50 people on Instagram in 60 minutes. That's massive engagement. But if you're not intentional with it and you're all over the place and you're scrolling and you're not focused, that's where we get lost. So one of the things that I love to do with my clients is a time audit. And what this is, is what does your day actually look like? Like, are you actually working or are you just doing busy work? And you can literally take your planner and you can write down at the bottom of your day, how many hours did you actually work? So for an example, right now on this call, I'm not working. This is not an hour of work. I'm coaching Joanne Bolt after this. That's not an hour of working. So I actually haven't worked today. You have to look at where you're actually in your business working. Working is things like content, lead generating, networking, engaging, bringing people into your world, things like that. And I think a lot of times people get confused of working in your business versus working on your business. There's a very big difference. So good. Okay. So final question before we wrap it all up. Yes. And it's going to be a touchy one. So I can't wait to answer. (laughs) What do you do when your content has been stolen, copied, (laughs) or otherwise? Oh, man. Okay. This is such a great question because it literally happens to me every day. So there are lots of ways that you can actually handle this. One is you can address it just point blank, right? Let's say it's somebody that you just know is blatant. Amy said this just happened. Yes, Amy, this did just happen to you. You can one, address it point blank. You guys, I have gone straight to the person and said, hey, you have blatantly copied my content. You have blatantly used my graphic. You've blatantly shared my email. You've blatantly copied my, like, what are you doing? Like, I have literally gone straight to the person, especially if I know them. They're in my community. They're a client, a past client. Like, I have gone right to them because you want to stand that you are the leader, right? You also are the leader. Now, I personally usually end up blocking the people after that right? Because I don't want people just to continue to consume my content and use it. That's personally what I do. 
The second thing that you can do is you can mute the person and just ignore it, right? The other thing that I would encourage all of you to do is use it also as a mirror, right? Use it as a mirror and ask yourself, are you doing this in any way, shape, or form in your own business? Because a lot of times this is also a mirror for us. Like a lot of times we don't even realize that we're doing it and then other people are always doing it to us. So I actually had a client who was always complaining to me. She was a one-on-one client. She was always complaining to me that people were stealing her content. Okay. It was like a weekly thing. She was like, people are taking my content. People are taking my content. People are taking my content. And we had to have a very honest and open conversation that she was actually always using my content. And she didn't realize that this was a mirror. And what I mean by that was that what was happening to her was she was actually doing the same. So first, it's like looking inward and making sure that you are in integrity and you're not doing this anywhere else. Now, I get it. We all use inspiration, right? We all save people's things. I use a B-roll that somebody else has used, all of those things. And I don't think anybody in here is blatantly using people's content. I don't think that. But just making sure that you guys are all in integrity. Then I personally just call the people out. Like literally, you guys, I've had people take my content word for word emails word for word. And I also, I wanted to say that like you, people know and people notice who the original is. Okay. Especially if you're in community. So there's a lot of people, even in my own community that use my content, that use my branding, that use my colors, that use my words. And guess what? People know who the original is. People know who like the copycats are. People know who the Walmart versions are. So you don't even always need to say that other people are doing it because people know. And they know that you are the leader. People say to me all the time, like, oh, my God, that's so annoying. I saw X, Y, and Z post your content. People know and people are smart enough to know that you're the leader, right? So I think that's that's a big thing. But I also think that it's important for you as the leader, the person who's creating the content to always stand up for what it is that you're doing and to address it in a way that is like, hey, I absolutely love that you are getting value out of my content. But I also don't appreciate that you are using it as your own. If you need some help creating content, maybe this is an invitation for you and I to have a conversation about how I can help you with content, right? So I'm going to use Amy for an example. Amy said this just happened to her. This would be a great opportunity for Amy to be like, hey, if you need help creating some content, we should book an hour together. And I'd love to show you how I create such powerful content where now we can tap into your zone of genius and we can tap into your own innovation and you could actually create really powerful content of your own. Because this is also the thing. When people take your content, it's not going to land the same way that it's going to land for you because it's not in the energy that it was for you. I see like, I'll, I'll do a piece of content, you guys, and I'll get like a hundred likes and a bunch of saves. And I'll see like somebody else take my content and they'll have like 10 likes and no saves. 
it's not going to convert the same way for them because it's not their innovation. They're not able to back it up. So just always remember that too. And just always stand in your own power. So you guys, this was such a great call. I appreciate you guys all being in it. I will always talk about what else we have coming up. So we have the Level Up Your Launch Masterclasses. Um, yeah, it's, it wasn't written for their audience either. They don't have, they can't back it up. They can't do all those things. We have the Level Up Launching Masterclass coming up next week. I am super excited. And then I also want to let you guys know, if you guys like these types of Q&As, this is what we do inside of the Sales and Social Mastermind, but we do it where you guys are actually on the call with me, and we are actually hot seat coaching in a much smaller group, and the Sales and Social Mastermind will be opening again uh, early July, and we are going to have an insane bonus with almost four figures off of the Sales and Social Mastermind with a limited amount of people that can join. So if you are somebody who wants to dive in to the next level with me, definitely let me know because we are super excited to welcome new people into Sales and Social into July. You guys, great questions. Great having you guys on this call. Courtney, thank you for uh, providing so much value inside of this call today as well. And you guys, I will talk to you guys all soon. Appreciate you guys for being here. You guys are absolutely the best. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.